So this morning we come with such an awareness and we give the appropriate level of weight to your word. We say transform us by your word. That through these words, something will change in our lives. I thank you for breakthrough in the house, that there will be a shift in our mindset today that causes a shift in every area of our lives. Spirit of the living God, we give you permission to realign our expectations from life, from this week, from, all, from the bigger part of our lives with your word. So we declare that we are good ground for the word of God. And we declare that our life produces seed according to your intention. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And those who believe said, amen, amen and amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to speak to you this morning about what I'm calling understanding your power and authority. Understanding your power and authority. Because as a church... We are on a mission to raise servant kings. And the more I talk about this, the more I get excited about this, the more I truly believe that, that we are onto something that God wants to do in our time. Uh, we have been looking at what it means um, to really be a servant king because if you will fulfill the call of God for your life, because every single one of us, God has something that he wants you to do with your life. But in order for you to fulfill the will of God for your life, you are going to have to understand the will of God for your life to the place where you can become the will of God for your life before you can duplicate the will of God for your life. Okay, I'll say it again. In order to become what God wants you to become, you are going to need to understand what he wants you to become because if you don't understand what he wants you to become, you cannot become what he wants you to become. And if you are not what he wants you to become, you cannot raise people to become that as well. Because as leaders, you know, as, as leaders, you don't, you, don't, you don't attract or you don't raise, um, you, you can only raise people or attract people, attract who you are. Okay, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. You don't get who you want in life, you get who you are. Leaders don't get who they want, they get who they are. So, so if I'm talking about raising servant kings, it is important that we have this understanding of who we are as servant kings, because our mandate will be to become servant kings, because if we are not servant kings, no servant king will come. Are you with me so far? So understanding is important. Understanding is paramount. Because ultimately, a servant king is someone who uses their power, who uses their authority, who uses their position to serve humanity. And that is exactly what Jesus did and also what we are called to do. And I've coined this phrase in the last six weeks or so. I said, Jesus came to serve. The Son of Man came to serve. What did you come to do? Because the reality is, just like the Son of Man came to serve, you were born to serve. You came here to serve. Everything that you have, every gift that you have, every door that has been opened to you, every favor that you have received, God gave it to you to enjoy, but so that you can then use it to serve somebody. 
Amen? And so we have been looking at this calling to serve. And now what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks is, is looking to understand the other side of our calling, which is our kingship, understanding our nature as kings in Christ Jesus. Because if you embrace your servanthood without an understanding of your kingship, you will be unable to effectively serve. Because you are made a king so that you can serve. If you understand that so far, say amen. amen. You are made a king so that you can serve. So if you embrace, and this is what Christians have done for so many years, is we like the idea of being a lowly servant. You know, like I mentioned, talked about how we are called to be bond servant or even using a stronger word, slaves of Jesus Christ. And many Christians like the idea of that because it debases us and there is a place for all of that. But the reality is Jesus is only effective as a slave of God or as a servant, a bond servant of God because he, he understands that he is a king. It is your kingship that provides the power to be a slave deliverer. Does that make sense? It is your kingship that provides the ability for you to, in your service, amen, most people will want to become, will want to save the world as Jesus on the throne. But Jesus on the throne understands that the power to save the world is when I understand that I am Jesus on the throne, but I subject that power and use it to serve. So we need to understand the two of them, because if you don't understand your authority in Christ, your service, your ability, your effectiveness as a servant of God will be limited. If you understand that so far, amen. Say amen, amen. So, so look at this. We're looking to get understanding about our kingship. Uh, because the power that we are going to use to serve our world in your work, in your enterprises, in your relationships, in your family, it, it comes from our position as kings in the kingdom of God. And when you understand who you are as a king in the kingdom of God, then you can be effective as a servant. It has always been the will of God that man will tend or serve the earth. It has always been God's design that man will tend or serve the earth. It has always been his will that we will be servants. He, he created Adam and he told Adam even before the fall to work the earth, to serve the earth, to tend the earth, to cultivate the earth. And that is how it became the beautiful space that it was going to become because that is the will of God. It is God's will that you and I are actively engaged in serving wherever we are because that's how we bring out the beauty in our families. The beauty in your relationship will come when you start serving. All the bitterness in your marriage will be turned around when you start serving them. I didn't even get one amen from a married folk. <laughs> your relationship will take a completely different view when you choose to serve. I promise you, even your promotion will come quicker when you stop thinking about the money and you start serving your company. Amen. Everything changes. Everything changes through that service. And it is your kingship that feeds into that. God gave Adam dominion, and he has also given you dominion over the earth. I really want you to hear me when I say this. You have been given power and authority 
to exercise dominion over the earth, to serve effectively. You know we exercise dominion through our service. But he has given us that power to exercise dominion over the earth. And so last week, we saw the story of Solomon's half-brother called Adonijah. Anyone remember Adonijah from last week? In the book of 1 Kings chapter 1, we see Solomon, David is passing on. David is going on to be with the Lord. And before David, before this time, David had already decided that Solomon was going to sit on the throne. So whilst, whilst David was dying... Um, what happened was that Donijah heard that Donijah is Absalom's younger brother, good-looking like Cheeto, sorry, good-looking like Absalom. <laughs> amen. That's what the scripture said. The, the scripture actually said, amen. The scripture actually said about Absalom, the, about Donijah, that, that said two things in that scripture. I don't want to go there for time because I, I will get distracted. But it says about Donijah that, that David, his father, never corrected him. And the second thing he says about Adonijah is that he was, he was a good-looking man, and then he explains it this way, he was the brother of Absalom, because Absalom was also good, very good-looking. But what we found was Adonijah came and decided when David was dying, he decided, I am going to be king. So Solomon is supposed to be king, but Adonijah with his good looks and his long hair, amen, decided he is going to be king. Uh, and, and we started to ask this question in our lives, how it is the case, that if you don't, and if you read the story, it took the intervention of Nathan going to, to Solomon's mother and saying, you better not allow this man to take your place as king because your son Solomon is supposed to be king. And so Bathsheba goes into David, who is a, he's a type of God, and begins to intercede and stand in the place and say, did you not say that my son Solomon will be king? How come Adonijah is being crowned king right now? All I'm trying to say with that is that whether you know it or not, there is some Adonijah in your life who has decided to be king in your life. There is the insecurity that has just decided that, that it will be quiet on Sunday when you're hearing me shout at you. But on Monday morning, that insecurity wakes up and says, today I will be king. And so you decided when you, were, you know, when you were hearing me at church that I'm going to take my life. I'm going to go for it. But, but you show up tomorrow at that meeting and suddenly king insecurity says, shut your mouth. And he becomes king. That fear, you know, you, you heard what I said concerning relationships, and you said, you know what, I'm going to serve my spouse because I want to turn this thing around. But by the time you leave this place, those fears and those will just rise up and say, no, we are going to be king and put you back in that place of fear again. What is it this week that has been ruling your life? What has been influencing your decisions? Because you are not meant to be subject to fear. You are not meant to be making any decisions out of insecurity. You are not meant to be making, living your life, living half your life because of what somebody said years ago that is the thing that is now ruling you. That is an Adonijah that has decided, regardless of the fact that God gave you this life, that Fear, those words can decide, I am going to be king in your life, and it looks like it has evidence as to why it needs to be. 
I am calling you like I did last week to go into David, to go into the presence of God and remind the Lord one more time, did you not say that you have called me to the nation? Did you not say that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind? Did you not say that whatsoever I put my hands to will prosper? Did you not say that my children will serve the Lord? Did you not say that I am born for such a time as this? It's time to not take back your throne. Come on, somebody. Even in your clapping, your fear is not even allowing you to clap that you have a throne. No, it's time to take back your throne. It's time to take back your place. You have a place in this life. You have a voice that needs to be, to, to be, to be, to be expressed. You have a gift that needs to come out. But we need to put you back on the throne in order for us to see your gift. Amen. Amen. Take back, tell your neighbor, take back your throne. There is so much that God wants to do in you, but he doesn't want you to be controlled by all these things. Everyone understand what I mean? You know, you, we have all, all of these things that try to control us. That's what I'm referring to as the Adonijah that has decided I'm going to be king over you. Because you are not designed to be ruled by your fear. You are not designed to be ruled by, by, by all of those things. No, you were, you were designed to subject your throne to the king of kings and let him rule from you. Because he is the king of little kings. Amen? Are you with me so far? So, so who has been ruling your life? It's important you ask yourself these real questions. Has, has bitterness sat on the throne of your relationships? Who is ruling in your home? Who is ruling in your heart? Who is ruling in your decisions? How, it, it, how to find out, in order to find this out, it's not, you know, you don't need to pray too much about it. All you just need to do is find out this week, what decisions have you made? And be honest with yourself, how did I get to making those decisions? This week, what, what have I been feeling? How did I get to be feeling the way I am feeling? Because whatever is your Lord will determine your feelings. Amen. Whatever is your Lord, if you want to, if you are, if, if, I, I found, I, I, you know, I'll say it this way. Every, every time you're upset or every time you're offended or every time you are hurt, a lot of the time, it, it, the, the reality is that there is some, some unmet expectation. And what you have to then go back and find is why, who did I give the power to hurt me like this? Because, because you, you allowed somebody else or some situation, let's, let's leave your cousin alone, let's talk about the situation, you allowed a particular circumstance to rule in your mind, so when it didn't work out like you were expecting, that's why you feel like you are useless. But it's because you crowned a circumstance your God. Are you with me so far? Who is sitting on the throne of your heart? One more time, somebody say, it's time to take your throne back. The book of Ephesians tells us, tells us something profound here that we, are, we, we want to talk about because in order for you to be effective as a king, you need to understand two things. In order to exercise dominion, dominion is the, is the exercising of power and authority, okay? Power, simply put, is the ability to do something. Authority, again, simply put, is the permission to do something within a certain space, okay? So, so, so you exercise power in the place where you have the authority to. If you understand that so far, say amen. 
Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 6 because I want to bring you understanding. You will never be effective as a king if you don't understand the dynamic between power and authority. Or if you don't understand the power that you are operating with and the authority that you have. If you're going to exercise dominion, please don't, don't hear what I'm saying with religious ears. Take it to heart because, because you're... I'm, I'm about to describe the reason why you will have dominion. You know, I, I, I am committed to slowing down and teaching the word because I know that, particularly when we talk about things like this, it is very easy for me to tear it down even now, to just really go and tell you how you have power, you have dominion. But many people don't understand what that means. How do I know? I see how you lived on Monday. And so, and so let's, 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 you know, get excited where you need to get excited because this is exciting stuff. But ultimately, in all you're getting, yes. excitement without understanding is just sweating. That, that's all it is. It makes me feel good that I preached, but it won't make a difference to your tomorrow. So what we want to do is to get understanding if I am going to operate as a king for real, not just kind of with other church folk. You know, sometimes some of the stuff we say is just to impress church folk. Amen? The, the church folk are impressed, but you're still in, that, in debt. The church folk are impressed, but, but you're still fearful. We want to we be free for real. Anybody want to be free for real? So, so in order to do that, understanding is important. And in order to get, this is what you're looking to understand. Number one, what kind of power do I have? Number two, where, which space have I been given? to execute or to exercise this power. Because if I understand power and authority, then I know how to be, how to have dominion. Because dominion is the exercising of power and authority. If you read Genesis, what he said to them, first of all, he gave them, he gave them the authority. He said he gave, he gave them the earth to tend. He gave them this place to tend. He gave them dominion over the earth over this space. And then in Genesis 1.28, he then empowered them to exercise that dominion. If you understand that so far, say amen. amen. And so Ephesians chapter 6 tells us something profound in verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Wiles is the, it means deceit. It means, it means schemes. It means a strategy of deception, okay, against the wiles of the, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Listen carefully. There is an ongoing battle that is raging in our world right now. Okay? Your problem is not in the natural. It is in the things that are affecting the natural. I'll say that again. The, the place that we need to understand our authority, first of all, is, is, is in the spiritual realm. Because your, your understanding of the spiritual realm will influence your ability to understand what's going on in the natural realm. There are two realms in operating, uh, in operation, and there is a spiritual realm that exists. It is the, uh, and, and, and the battle 
the battle that we have, you know, uh, and we talk about battle because when you, in order to have dominion, dominion is to subdue. Okay? When God says to have dominion, it means that, that there will be some kind of opposition to your dominion. And therefore, there will be need to subdue. If you don't understand who you have dominion over, you would be trying to have dominion over your wife or over your church brethren. But the reality is that God did not give you dominion over another human being. Okay? So, so, so what we want to understand is to understand that there is a spiritual realm that is in opposition to the will of God for you in the natural. And there is this ongoing battle. It is a battle to keep you from the will of God. And it is raging. It is not just raging against you. It is raging against the church of Jesus Christ. It is raging in all. I don't know if your eyes are open. I'm just going to. Let me tell you, the church of Jesus Christ more than ever before is under attack. The church of Jesus Christ is under attack by political correctness. The church of Jesus Christ is under attack because it is, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. We live in a culture now where compassion only looks like, I can, it looks like the, what is acceptable in our world is if I can be compassionate, I can only be compassionate to somebody that I agree with, but it is terribly okay for me to be hateful and spiteful to somebody that I disagree with, especially if, if what we disagree on is also disagreed on in popular culture. And so what happens is when there is an idea that the society in general says, this is okay, our level of love operates within that little world. And anything around that, you are labeled a bigot and candidate for hatred. I think that it is a problem, and I think that it is something that goes against the call of the church because the call of the church is to preach the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ does not fit into popular culture. It is offensive and if you don't know, it is a subtle kind of attack against the church. Let me educate you. Let me tell you, there is a subtle attack against the church there is a subtle way, you know, everything that we believe as, the, as, as believers, everything that God is calling us to do, the, the, there is a, a sophisticated strategy of the enemy to raise up structures, social structures, economic structures that stifle the gospel. So people like you are looked at as people who don't have a brain. As people who can't really comment on society, these are evil days. Are you with me so far? And the battle that we have is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities and powers. Are you with me so far? The war is raging. There is a, there is a, a war, a spiritual war against the will of God. It is not a war to keep you poor unless poverty will keep you away from the will of God. It is not a, war, a, a strategy uh, or a war to keep you, to, 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 um, to, to keep you rich unless rich, being rich will keep you away from the will of God. The whole um, strategy of the enemy is to keep you away from his will. 
That is why the scripture says that these are the wiles of the devil. The days where the devil used to come with horns, those days are over. These days he comes slick. These days he comes with good things in his mouth, but on the inside there is evil. It is, it, is, it is ideas that seem good to one man, but the reality is the end thereof is death. So in the example I've given about loving those who, who, who you agree with and being hateful towards those who are wrong or those who you disagree with, it, it, it goes simply against Jesus, put it this way, he says, love your enemies. You don't have real compassion if you only love those that agree with you. I worry about people, you know, I, 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 wear, I am wary about people who only love you because they agree with you. No, 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 that is not how it should be. You know, you know, just like particularly on social media. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> because it's where you are. Be careful what you jump into. Because what you are calling love might not be love. And if you train yourself, here is the danger. Here is the, the, what is dangerous about that. If you train yourself to love in that kind of way, you have gone against the will of God for your life and you short-circuited his purpose for your life. And that is the agenda of the enemy. The agenda of the enemy is always to get you away from the perfect will of God. And, uh, 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 and, and the scripture says we have to be people who are aware. Please be alert. There is a war that is raging. A common strategy of the enemy is to cause us as believers to believe that the things, that, that, that things are, are just what they seem. The common strategy, common strategy of the enemy is to cause the believer to think that when you need money, the only place to go is the bank. When you need healing, the only place to go is the NHS. When you need, when you need, you know, answers, the only place to go is Google. When you need to know what's going on, the only place to go is Facebook. Please know that that we are not limited to this natural world. There is another world that you have to understand. And when you understand that, in fact, the authority you have is in that world, when you understand that you have authority in that world, it will influence your ability to exercise authority in this world. Because the weapons of our warfare, listen, even God knows this so much that when he gave you weapons for warfare, the scripture says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God gave you spiritual weapons because our battle is first spiritual before it is natural. Amen. It is first spiritual before it is natural. Do not allow the enemy to put you in this place where you are living a natural life only. Your expectations are completely only natural. Your, your hope, your conversations are natural. You know, we, we, we have been trying to, to not be too deep that we are shallow. Does that make sense? We struggle, we struggle with balance as human beings, not just the church, just human beings. We, there are those who are drowning in their debt, talking about, you know, all kinds of things that they're seeing, but ineffective in their natural life. 
And what we can do as a church is come over to this side where we're trying to be effective in our natural life whilst we ignore the spiritual. There is a balanced place that we need to be where we understand our authority in the spirit that allows us to be effective in the natural. If you understand that so far, say amen. amen. If you don't understand this, you will not understand that the most powerful part of your authority and your kingship is in the spiritual. You cannot exercise dominion in the natural if you don't understand the, that the authority you have is in the spiritual. Amen? That is why even in number 10, you are still a higher ranking official. Amen? Amen? The president of the United States is making moves in, 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 you know, in Asia at the moment, but, but you, are still, you are still a higher-ranking official. So you don't even believe me. Because you are in the same league as Jesus Christ. Do you know that? That's where your authority comes from. You are in that, in that league. Look, look at Luke. Look at Luke. That makes me laugh every time I say that. The book of Luke chapter 10. Are you with me so far? Luke chapter 10. Someone say, I have authority, I have authority. In, the in the spiritual realm. Please know this. You will begin to turn things around in your life when you understand that, when you start to operate from there. Because in that, in that space, your mind, your feelings are not the boss. The other day, I found myself feeling upset about something. I said, why am I feeling upset about this? And by the time I corrected my thinking according to the word, my emotions came into place. A lot of the time, if you don't believe that there is another realm that is influencing the way you think, because if I keep thinking like that, I'm going to go down a different path. Are you with me so far? The book of Luke chapter 10. I hope this is helping somebody. Father, help me. Help me articulate this truth. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power. Someone say power. power. Come on, say it again, power. power. He says, I give unto you in the, in the New King James Version, they, they, they translated that correctly, authority. Some of your translations will say power, but in reality, that word is the Greek word, exousia. It, it, and it's really authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power. This word, the next power there, is, is, is the word dunamis, uh, from which we get dynamite. And over all the dunamis, all the power of the enemy. And he says, and nothing by, shall by any means. Amen. J just like we have to convince, you know, the, the unbelievers, those who are not saved. If you, don't, you have never put your, faith, your trust in Jesus Christ and given your life to Jesus Christ, the reality is salvation is already waiting for you. You just haven't received it yet. In other words, there is nothing that you need to do. You only just need to receive it. You are already forgiven. You are already loved. God is smiling at you. He's not waiting for you to perform to be accepted. He just wants you to accept what he has already performed on your behalf. So it's already there. It's the same thing with the believer. Your authority is already there. And it's just waiting for you to accept that I do have authority. It's waiting for you to stop allowing your circumstance to give you evidence that contradicts that. Because this is our problem as human beings generally, is the struggle of saying, Pastor, how can I have authority when I am, I've been sick for seven years and this thing is not shifting? How can I have authority when all of these things have not, have not moved in my life? And I, but 
That's the challenge of living, is the challenge of operating in faith, knowing that because it's in the word, because Jesus says, I have given you authority. By the way, when he said, he was saying to these people, can I just do some Bible study? He was saying to these people, I've given you authority to his disciples. I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he says, listen to the last line, which you all echoed. He says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what he said. But that's not what happened. Because if you ask Peter, they got hurt. If you ask Paul, they got hurt. If you ask Andrew, they got hurt. James had his head. James was beheaded. So, so let me tell you, in the, uh, in, the, in the small, in the micro scheme of things, and this is where most of us live, in the micro scheme of things, how, there is the conflict of, Jesus, you said, nothing will hurt me. How come they are beating me now? Jesus, you said, nothing will hurt me. How come 40 men are fasting and saying, we're not going to eat until we kill you? That what, that's what happened to Paul. You, you thought you had problems. But the reality is in the macro, in the macro, regardless of what you deal with, regardless of the contradictions you face, if you will stay with the word of God and let the word of God play out in the seasons when you understand why you are being beaten, in the seasons when you understand why they're cutting off your head or why it is not working, and the seasons where you don't, if you stay with his word, you will take over the world. By now, if you ask Peter and Paul, they will tell you that if I stay with the word, I indeed have authority. Because of their consistency, even in seasons where they didn't understand where the promise was, we are the fruit of that authority and power. So here is what I'm saying to you. I am calling you to accept that you indeed have power in the spiritual realm. The place of, when he talks about serpents and scorpions, he's talking about demonic activity. He's talking about demonic activity that affect you in the natural. He's talking about those kinds of, you know, activity that, you know, just stuff that happens. And he says, no, you have power to tread upon them. Don't let the, the, the little things that are taking you out now deceive you. You have power to tread upon them. Let me tell you, the scripture says the least of, among you will be greater than John the Baptist. The least among you will be greater than, in your weakest. You are still stronger than every prophet that ever lived in the Old Testament because of the power that resides on the inside of you. When you are sick on your deathbed, you are still stronger than David that never lost a battle because David had to to fight with his own strength, but you have the power of God living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. In your weakest, in your, so, so don't let your circumstances deceive you. Don't let what you see deceive you because we don't live by what we see. We live by faith. We live by the word of God and the word of God says you have authority. Hallelujah. Your days you have authority. You are authorized to step into a place where the enemy seems to have upper hand. You are authorized to tread on his head. You are authorized to have the last say. You are authorized to, to, to exercise power in the realm of the enemy. Are you with me so far? You have the permission to tread on the enemy. 
and you have a power that is higher than every power that he had. That's why I don't spend a lot of time talking about the devil in this church. You know, I, I have to talk about it in times like this just to kind of make you alert that there is an enemy out there. Because what we don't want to do is to be, 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 be stupid Christians, or scriptures talks about be sober-minded. We don't want to be scriptures, uh, Christians that are intoxicated in the wrong way. No, we want to be sober-minded to know that there is an enemy who is walking around looking for who to devour. And so we want to know, but, but we don't spend so much time with him because we, are already, we already know that we have been def we, we, he has been defeated. We already know that, we, that, 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 that what I carry is bigger than what he carries. Come on now. What I carry is bigger than what he carries. What you carry in Jesus Christ is bigger th 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 than what he carries. Wherever you find enemy activity, listen carefully. Now, this is authority. This is authority. Wherever you find enemy activity, whenever you find, anytime you see sickness, it is not from God. Anytime you see poverty, it is not from God. Anytime you see fear, it is not from God. Anytime you see lack, it is not from God. Anytime you see any of these things that ail humanity, diseases, hatred, all of these things, you know that it is the works of the enemy. And every time you see, whether it's in your life, in your work, in your family, in your society, in our city, in our nation, anywhere you see it, Scripture says to you, you have been given the authority to trample on its head. This is where we come in as servants. This is where we come in as kings, where we show up at our, at our, at our world and we're looking to serve. We understand that this problem we're looking to serve, I come with the ability to do justice. Do you understand that? You come, whatever, whatever industry you're in, whatever industry, hopefully you're trying to solve a problem. Okay, if you're in an industry where you're just looking to get money, find the one way you're looking to solve a, solve a problem. Okay, sometimes you might just need to do that. You just get the money so you can solve a problem. But don't stay in the place where you're just getting the money and not solving any problem. That's how, the, that's how they turn you into a zombie. That's how you become a consumer. That's how you fall into the hand of the capitalist. Amen. And that's how they can, they can do all those things. I mean, leave that alone. But, but the moment you switch and become a problem solver, you become a solution bringer. Everything changes. And if you are going to operate that, you have the authority to solve problems. That's what the scripture is talking about. You have the authority to, to trample on the works of the enemy. And your authority is backed up by heaven. I have to close, but let me just use this analogy. If, if you, uh, I don't, I don't, we don't have a lot of those now. Where you, There was a day, you know, where I grew up from, where I grew up in, we used to have traffic wardens. And traffic wardens used to have a particular booth in the middle of a busy junction. You will, anybody know what I'm talking about? You will have this booth with a traffic warden. And if the traffic warden was good, they would stand at the junction. There were no traffic lights. So traffic wardens had to control the traffic. And traffic, the warden would be, bam. And don't just say, come, 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 come. And stop. And don't just say, come on, come on, come on. You don't move. Come on. And some of them would be so animated. <laughs> And they'll just really be going for it. And what's happening is all the cars are, are, are obeying this guy because, because they are, this is their domain. And, and how do we know it's their domain? They are wearing the uniform. 
the uniform that says this person might be smaller than you. This person might not even look like you. This person might be somebody you can beat down. But right here in this traffic zone, when I say stop, you better stop. When I say move, you better move because I have authority. And if you don't move, the power that is backing me will chase you down wherever you are and make sure you pay for not listening to me. This is how you are. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand. This is how you are. Some of you are being deceived by your small stature. You are being deceived by the fact that the car that is coming is an 18-wheeler truck and you're only a small little mama and you feel like, how can I say that thing to Let me tell you, the reason you better stand up there with your head held high is that you have authority. You have authority to say to the truck, I'm not intimidated by your size because the government that is backing me is bigger than you. You have authority. You have authority to go into your house and begin to speak. You shouldn't be intimidated by the size of what's going on in your finances. Start to speak again. I have the wisdom of God. I have the, the God is increasing me in every way. The blessing of God is working with me. I am wise with money. I, don't, I, I am prudent. I am able to manage my finances. I'm not intimidated by how far away I have drifted. The Lord will help me get it all together. With your children, go in there and understand you have the authority to speak into their life and command the blessing on them. Say, you will not go away, Ward. You will not miss the mark. You came out of my womb. You are mine. I command the blessing upon you. Regardless of where you go, you will come back to the word of God because I have authority to command the blessing in your life. Go into your relationship and say that this relationship will bear fruit. We will be a sign and a symbol to many. God will help us with our weaknesses. He will forgive us for our mistakes, but he is not done with us. Because where they say there is a casting down, I am authorized to say there is a lifting up. Where they say there is sickness, I am authorized to say healing be. Where somebody has died, I am authorized to call back the dead to life. You are authorized. You are authorized to make a difference. Pastor, what if it doesn't work? Just go and do it. Just live that way. The way you're living doesn't work anyway. Say, well, is, is this working? So let's go. <laughs> we might as well just, just go there. Listen, this is a season. Let me say it from the front. You are, you are permitted to be a little bit weird this season. You know, where everyone is expecting things to be a certain way, say, no, 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 no. It, it is well here. Yeah. It is well. Why? Because I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I, I, Christ is in me. I didn't even have the time to tell you how you got this power because this power is not just kind of some flimsy power. This power you have came from, the Bible talks about it, that when he quickened Jesus up from the dead, Glory be to God. When he quickened Jesus up from the dead, he quickened you. Jesus gave them this authority. After he had risen from the dead, he stood up from the dead. And, you know, theologians debate whether he went to hell or whether he didn't when he died. And that's a whole conversation for another time. But the reality is when Jesus died and he went into the grave, Colossians puts it this way, that he made an open spectacle of all the enemy. So listen, in other words, 
every spiritual authority that there is, every principality, every power, every ruler in dark places, they know the name of Jesus Christ. They know about Jesus Christ because they know that Jesus after he defeated death, after he came down from the cross, he made an open spectacle of the enemy. The enemy, the devil, all of his minions, they know that they are defeated because it is a Roman tradition that when a king wins, what he's making reference to in Colossians is a tradition that when a king wins, they will take the king that has been overcome and they will walk the king in the public square so everybody knows that this king has been defeated. And let me tell you, the devil has been defeated. All of the demonic powers, have, they know that he has been defeated and he is hoping that you won't know. Yes. So our place, and so, and so when Jesus defeated the enemy, the, the scripture says he came back, he came back, he came back into his body and God quickened him. God woke him up. Wake up. And you know when he woke him up, he woke all of us up. Because Jesus took on bodies for you and me. He took on bodies so we won't have to die. So when Jesus was risen from the dead, you were risen from the dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then you have no faith, no solid faith. But because it is a historical fact that the man, Jesus Christ, he was dead. But now he's alive. Because he is alive, you live. Because he is alive, you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives on the inside of you. The same power. The same power. Not a little bit of it, all of that power. Jesus is in heaven. One, one, one preacher put it like this, and I love that, that analogy. Jesus is in heaven. You know, he has a body, he has to go. But, but his spirit is here, and his spirit needs bodies. So his spirit is using yours. So, 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 so you are not less Jesus. You are just Jesus with hair. Amen. You are just Jesus looking like Cheeto. You are just, and in the spiritual realm, that's who they see. That is why, because this is why you have authority. Please exercise your authority. It's, you know, don't just take it lying down. Don't sit on the small chair that life has given you. Get up. You have authority. Don't, don't just buy the lie of the enemy. Get up. You have authority. You know, start to think differently. Start to expect different. Expect things to work out. Expect God to be with you. Expect that he, it, is, it, it will be fine. Ex let people go. It's a powerful thing. You know, you start to exercise your power when you forgive. Do you know how powerful it is? You exercise your power. You say, you know what? I'm not going to let you sit on the throne of my heart anymore. I will let you go and I'll buy you a coffee too. Exercise power. Somebody give the Lord a hand of praise if you believe. Because I see things shifting in your life. I see things shifting in your life. I see God raising you up. Hallelujah. Your friends might be mocking you and saying, where is your God? Because of how far, because of how things look like. But I want to remind you of the word of God that lives forever. The word of God is alive. The word of God will vindicate you. Time is on the side of the word of God. Time always has a contract with the truth. That, and this is the contract. The contract stipulates that in time, the truth will be known. If you stay with the word of God and do not deny the word of God, if you hold on to the word of God, the truth that 
you are healed will sow up. The truth that God has prospered you will sow up. The truth that you are born for such a time as this, it will sow up because there is truth in the word of God. Stay with the word of God. That's where your authority is. I see God raising you up. I see you effective in your communities. I see you effective in your workplace. I see you bringing solutions at your workplace. I see your boss thinking, I can't make this decision without speaking to you because every time they open their mouth, they seem to have the answer to our problem. I see you operating in the gifts of the Spirit of God. I see you releasing the Spirit of God more than ever before, exercising your authority and your dominion like never before because it is not by power or by mind, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for what you are doing in us. Thank you for your word. We believe your word. Come on, say after me. I, I believe, believe God's word. word. Come on, say it again. I, I believe, believe God's word. Say that to yourself over and over and over and over again because that is where you start to exercise your authority. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> next week, we'll finish up this series. And you want to be here next week as we round this thing up. And believe God for great things. Amen. Let's come before God with our giving. Let's bring our best gift. If you need an envelope, just lift your hands up. The stewards will help you with. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you need an envelope, just leave.